0: All right, Mizzou fans, time to get ready. Let's talk some Tigers. Season just around the corner. Fourth year for Eli Drinkwitz. Had the honeymoon, the pandemic season. Beat LSU, got people all fired up. And overall, since then, eh, 500. What's going to happen in year four? Who's the quarterback going to be? What to expect from Luther Bird? Is this defense truly elite? Can it take the Tigers over the hump? You know, not only get to a bowl game, win a bowl game, but have a decent win total as well. Nobody covers the Tigers day in, day out, quite like Dave Matter, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, also my colleague over at KTRS Radio. Been doing this for 20-plus years. He was with the Columbia Daily Tribune and took over the Mizzou Beat for the Post-Dispatch, and uh, Dave's there every day at camp, so he is the guest of the Kilcoin Conversation, talking all things Mizzou here on this current podcast which is coming to you from the pasta house studios newest location for the pasta house open at the corner of woodlawn and manchester they're all over the st louis area but it's real simple if you don't have time to run in order online Pastahouse.com. let them do the cooking for you all of it made fresh daily everything they have is great the only dilemma when you dine in and by the way kids eat free on sundays but when you dine in what do you get The salad's legendary. I have to get a salad. The bread's warm, fresh every day. Every pasta dish is great. The pizza's great. Maybe I need to go to the pasta house more often. Everything on the menu is outstanding. Pasta House Studios for the Kilcoin Conversation. Also brought to you by Triad Bank, neighborhood-friendly bank in St. Louis. Jim Regna, the CEO, his team put on a great golf tournament, benefiting a caring plus, which builds affordable housing, in north county for senior senior folks what's the word for that for seniors senior folks sounds stupid point is they had a great event raising money for a great cause thank you to triad bank for doing that appliance discounters on the web the washer dryer stove refrigerator you name it they have it lowest prices biggest names quite the combination check them out online the a lot of rebates available for General Electric. Get in that search engine, just type General Electric and check out their merchandise as well. And Marie de Villa, Senior Living. They're at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Been there since 1960. Beautiful spot for your retirement years. Villa Estates, basically your own home on the property, but it gives you access to all the amenities, including the clubhouse, the activities, the great food. Assisted Living, they have every level of care at Marie De Villa. Take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. Let's get to it. My conversation with Dave Matter of the Post-Dispatch. Ready to talk some Mizzou football with Dave Matter from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Of course, does a lot of contributions. Talking Tigers here on KTRS as well. And Dave, another football season rolls around. And I guess this means you turn to your family and say, I'll see you, what, in the spring when basketball's over? <laughs>
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, you know I'm, I'm fortunate. I was uh had a lot of downtime from you know May, June, and July, but it all changes as soon as it turns to August and it's it's time for camp and then the season and then basketball bleeds over in, in November and and it's a it's a good thing when when both sports are, are relevant and people are interested and excited. And they certainly are for the basketball and and you know people are excited for the football too.
0: I think it's interesting with the announcement the other day, the five-star recruit, Williams Winery, the kid from Kansas City area, commits to Mizzou. He's not playing this year, but in sort of a strange way, I felt like there was a bump for this season in terms of fan excitement. I guess that's dangerous because he doesn't affect this year's team. I don't know. Do you sense that? Is there a way that maybe that can have a ripple effect into the the locker room currently?
1: Well, I, I think it can definitely get fans engaged more. Um, I don't know if it has any impact on how the team plays, right. and ultimately that's going to be the measuring stick for how you know, fans are really excited uh, and bought in for, for this program. The trajectory is, is positive. You can definitely say that. I think Eli's kind of recaptured the recruiting touch to some degree. Not that he ever lost it, but you know, I think he had an instant buzz with his first couple of classes and then, you know, it hasn't been maybe as exciting with the high school recruits as far as just the caliber of players go if you care about the recruiting rankings. But now things are back kind of on the upswing. And, um, you know, if, if that creates more fan excitement and that makes Memorial Stadium a, a better environment on game days, then, then maybe that does have kind of a residual effect on how the team plays.
0: I had this conversation with Brendan Weesey and I said, you know, DGB, obviously he was the number one recruit in the country. That was massive. Doriel Green Beckham. And I think because he sort of he was a great player but kind of flamed out. I think we always have this Mizzou PTSD where oh it'll never work or so many bad things happen. But really, Blaine Gabbert, Macklin, Sheldon Richardson. There's been a lot of top recruits that picked Mizzou that did work out. I I think that we tend to focus on the ones that didn't. Uh, I mean, do you get that sense as well?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think when you when the body of work is kind of smaller, there's only so many five stars in Mizzou's history. It is easier. A little easier to focus on the ones that didn't pan out. Um, you know, Drew Locke was a high four star and ended up being a you know a three four year starter and broke a bunch of records and was really good. Uh, they've had they've had plenty of guys that came in with hype that delivered. Um, you know, I, I think the the opposite's true too. They had had so many guys that came in really unheralded and end up leaving. You know, legends at Mizzou and played a long time in the NFL. So it you know at the end of the day. You still want to get the best players, and if you got a, if you're getting a guy that Oklahoma and Georgia and Alabama and everybody else wants, that's a good sign. That's no guarantee he's gonna he's gonna leave an All American or anything like that, but generally the best teams are the ones who go and recruit the best players, and that's not a perfect science, but it's definitely a good thing when you're getting those guys.
0: You're somebody at camp down there in Columbia. Give us a read on the quarterback competition. By all accounts, it was going to be Brady Cook's job to lose, but he. Didn't have it in cement. Where do you think we are at this point?
1: You know, at this point, I'd I'd be surprised if it if it's not Brady Cook. I think Sam Horn is is you know definitely number two. Uh, It's been a I think a close competition. You know, Eli Drinkwith is not really saying a whole lot, but you know what we do get to see of practice is, and I've never seen the first team go out there for anything and not be have Brady Cook a quarterback. Um, So I'd be surprised if it's not him. I mean, you talk to his teammates. They they really just gush praise over his approach that he's taken his leadership. It seems like every off season, you know, even almost like every week of the year last season, people were trying to write him off, find reasons to not play him. Uh, and he kept going out there. And was he was he an all SEC quarterback? No, he wasn't. He was playing with a, a banged up shoulder that he had fixed over the off season. He insists that the surgery has made his arm stronger, uh, and you know. As we record this, you know, he's held his own. And, again and, we don't get to see a whole lot in practice as far as the offense against the defense, but people have been pretty high on him, and, and Eli Drinkwitz especially. So uh, I, I would be surprised if any changes before the, the season starts.
0: How about Luther Burton again? Somebody we're contractually obligated in St. Louis to ask you about. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I think we all want him to be great and expect that he will be. Freshman year, you just sort of have to get through it. Do you think he's going to take a big step this year?
1: I think he can. I think the position change is is going to be a big difference maker for him. You know, he's playing that slot receiver spot where Dominic Lovett and Barrett Bannister played last year. And Lovett, of course, was an All SEC receiver. Uh, Bannister was arguably Missouri's second best receiver. This offense, even with a new coordinator in Colin plays and Kirby Moore, you know, the ball kind of finds that guy who plays in the slot because that's that's been kind of a central focus of with his offenses you know when he's been designing things and calling plays even if even if he's not calling plays this year that's still just a a place the ball just kind of finds. and you know you you can find mismatches in the middle of the field and you ask Luther what do you like playing he's like well I'm closer to the quarterback in the slot the closer I am to him the better chance I have to touch the ball so um, I think that more than anything will will be better for him he's also an he says he's in better shape. He said he's, he's playing about ten pounds lighter than he did last year. He just got a little too heavy. Um, I, I think it took a year in college for him to, to realize that <clears throat> you know you know you need to take care of your body a little bit better. You need to get better sleep habits, eat a little bit better, uh, maybe lay off his own uh, his own potato chips, chips. That, he, uh, <laughs> that he sells and the, that are great. I love them. We get them all the time in our house because they taste so good. But um, yeah, he is in better shape. That's what everybody says about him. So. I think he's poised to have a big year.
0: And it's important because he's a star player that can change the dynamic of your team. But I also think with players like that, especially from this area, like they need to do well for other kids to want to follow suit, right? Because it's so hyped when he picks Mizzou. Like is there, this is more on the coaching staff or the program, but for he needs to do well, I think, for other kids to say, oh, yeah, he went there and it worked out. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, it, it certainly helps. Gary Pinkle he used to say all the time his best recruiters were his players, because they either had success on the field or, you know, when they would go back to their hometowns, whether it was St. Louis, Kansas City, or Houston, Texas, if they said good things about their experience at Missouri, and, and production is a big part of their experience. It's not everything, but it's a big part of it. Uh, that can really sell the program on its own. So obviously Luther being, you know, who he is in St. Louis, he's probably the guy with, you know, there's no way to really measure this Uh, because they don't disclose this, but it it seems like he's the guy that's benefited from NIL as much as anybody uh, with a lot of, you know, his name is is all over the place and around the state, especially in St. Louis and in Columbia, too, that, um, you know, when he backs that up with production and maybe some all-SEC recognition uh, and puts himself on the map nationally like he did as a high school player, then that can obviously pay big dividends for the program.
0: Talking Mizzou football with Dave Matter here on the Kill Coin conversation. Running backs, you've got depth, guys who've been there like Nathaniel Pete and Schrader, uh, but maybe it's not an overwhelming group. But do you think it's a, a duo that's going to like share the load?
1: I think it's going to be more of a committee. Now Drinkwitz has never really done that. You know, his first year it was all Larry Roundtree. His second year it was all Tyler Beatty. Last year it was going to be a bit of more of a. Of a combination of pete and schrader ended up being more schrader toward the end of the year i think they'd like to split that more the guy to watch is st louis's own jamal Roberts, the freshman from st mary's he is uh he's getting work with the second team uh i think he's behind those two seniors but you know he may have even passed tavares jones former four-star running back who is who's just a redshirt freshman he's still very young himself but every time i see Roberts touch the ball in practice he's really good catching the ball in the backfield he, he does something that impresses me, and, and you know obviously the coaches are watching him more carefully than I am, and they're, they've they got a more trained eye. So um, I, I would expect him to have some kind of role this
0: year. Well, that's fun to hear. I actually forgot about him being down there because he's so young. Jamal Roberts, clip yeah. and save what Dave Matters said about him here on August uh, the 16th. We focus on offense a lot, and those are a lot of the players that we know, but really this team, if they're going to be successful, do you think it's going to be led by their defense?
1: It should be. I mean, the expectations are sky high on that side of the ball, and it's because of the progress they made last year, and the combination of that plus they brought just about everybody back, other than Isaiah McGuire, who's you know playing with the Cleveland Browns right now, and they lost another defensive end, they lost a safety, but um, you know they've got the bulk of that defense back, and you've got a bunch of you know all SEC candidates at all three levels of the defense, really, the line, linebackers, and the secondary. And a, and a handful of guys that I think will be playing on Sundays, um, and and they expect this defense to be great. Last year I think was was very good. Uh, now they want to take that next step up. They were a top thirty defense nationally in most categories. Uh, they've got higher aspirations this year. And you should when you bring everybody back. You've got also staff continuity. They didn't lose a single assistant on that side of the ball for the first time under Drinkwitz. I think that's important. So there there's no excuse for. Missouri's defense not to be I think one of the very best in the SEC and if you're one of the best defenses in the SEC that usually means you're one of the best in the country
0: and is it Tyron Hopper that'll be like the tackling machine it seems like every once in a while when they have a really good defense there's somebody that's kind of cleaning up in the middle is is that the number yeah. one name to watch
1: I'd say Tyron Hopper I both corners are really good Chris Abrams drain and Ennis Straw. Uh, Darius Robinson is a guy who who can be all SEC at defensive tackle and he's kind of Sacrificing himself a little bit, and going to play some defensive end because they need him out there. I think it's going to help his, his NFL stock. Um, you know, they've they've got a lot of depth up front. Uh, they've got some some young guys and some veterans in the secondary. Daylon Carnell at safety is a guy that I think can do some good things. They've got a transfer from Florida, another transfer from Florida because that's where Hopper came from. Trevez Johnson at safety, who I think can be a, a contributor for sure. So they've got a lot of good things going that side of the ball, and, and I give a lot of credit to. Blake Baker, their secondary coach, or their uh, their their coordinator, coaches the safeties. He's going to be a head coach here at some point. He's going to get that shot. The way he just kind of carries himself, natural charisma, really appears guys like playing for him. And he did, you know, just an outstanding job last year. And the way that defense improved under his watch.
0: And you're right, continuity because they went from Walters to Wilkes and finally Baker. Now you go back to back with the same guy in charge on that side of the ball. Eli Drinkwitz not calling the plays. Probably a good thing, not just because you're the head coach, you've got a lot to manage, but to be candid, maybe the offense wasn't all that impressive anyway, so try something new. What do you see from him? Year four, I don't get the sense that if there is pressure to win, and I get it, they make so much money, you get fired, it's not the end of the world, you get a huge check. Right. What, what do you sense from him in terms of awareness that fans are kind of antsy or they're saying, okay, this this should be a big year, what do you got, coach?
1: He gets it. He understands. He's two games under 500 after three years. Not many coaches, and I've done the the math and the research on this. I forget it off the top of my head right now. You can count on your hand the number of SEC coaches in the last 60 years outside of Vanderbilt who survived four straight non-winning seasons. It just doesn't happen in this league. There's there's not that level of patience, and combined with there's just high expectations. Um, So I think he understands that. Uh, they need to turn the corner here eventually. It's just it's been a 500 program now. For you go back to Barry Odom's last year that 500 every regular season. They're never never terrible, but they're never anything really special either. Um, maybe have some nice wins, but they don't usually back it up with with a bunch in a row. So I think he understands that. Uh, I do think taking the play calling off of his his own plate has been a positive for him. He, he didn't enjoy it last year. I mean, he, he didn't like calling plays when they don't when they don't work. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a sign of growth for him that he, he went out and got a coordinator. I think his, his athletics director certainly wanted him to do that. And, uh, you know, the, she, Desiree, she enhanced that staff salary pool with the purpose of him going out and finding somebody to take that job off of his plate. Because, you know, being a head coach in 2023 it is so different than what it was even five years ago. When you're talking about NIL and constant roster management, you are constantly recruiting your own players. And on top of all the high school recruits you're, you're, you're trying to sign. You're, you're involved with the transfer portal. Um, you know, you're you recruiting your boosters like never before because of NIL. And there's only so much time in the day to sit around and draw up plays for third down if you're a head coach who calls plays. I think that's why you're seeing fewer and fewer college coaches serving as their own play caller now, whether they're an offensive or a defensive guy. And I, I think it was a smart move on his part. We'll see if it, it pays off on Saturday.
0: And there he is on a Tuesday night in the middle of camp wearing a suit and tie, hanging with the governor. They announced this NIL program in the state of Missouri. I I have to be honest, I was a little confused on it, read up a little bit. My breakdown on it, I don't know how versed you are, but I took away three things. And number one, it's that the coaches can actually be hands-on and try and help the kids secure endorsements, money, to enhance their NIL opportunities that the coach can actually be involved it's not sort of a middleman that they have to farm it off to secondly the high school kids that are committed to in-state schools be it SLU in lindenwood missouri state you know mizzou can start kind of getting into that money as well and the third thing is they can use the school's logos and images as part of their campaigns and uh, your colleague ben Fredrickson's written a lot about it too and said that this is really progressive is there a sense in columbia how I don't know if it's game-changing, but how big this is for them in terms of recruiting.
1: Yeah, it's it's really big on a few fronts. For one, this is not the type of thing Missouri usually does, including the, the state government, to go out and really be forward-thinking and innovative to the point where this is something leaders in other states, conference commissioners, do not like. They're not happy that Missouri is doing this because it's so unique. They don't like the idea that every state has different NIL laws right now, and and Missouri's is similar to Arkansas's, which is similar to Texas. And those are a lot different than what you have in Alabama or Georgia or Mississippi. So Mizzou, and I give you know give the administration a lot of credit here, lawmakers down in Jeff City. Also, this is about the only thing that Republicans and Democrats in Jeff City can agree on, because they're all in favor of this. And they've worked together uh, on these measures each of the last three years when they've amended this bill. And, and turned it into what the law is now. It is, it's really unique in terms of what the high school athletes can do. Um, you know, the, the players that commit to an in-state college, not just Mizzou, it's like you said, Lindenwood, uh, Missouri State, SLU, wherever, they can start earning that NIL compensation the minute they sign a national letter of intent in December. And actually, if you really read the, read the language of the, of the law, if they just sign a financial aid agreement, which they can do in a couple of weeks here in September, as long as they're going to enroll early in January, they can start earning that September first. Uh, and that's that's not even with them signing an NCAA letter of intent. That's going to be risky. I don't think schools are going to shovel five hundred grand towards an in-state player without the, you know, commitment that those guys are actually signed to play there. But it's at least on the table, so it's a game changer for sure. I don't know how many elite. You know, high school recruits in the state, it's really going to apply to. Definitely, I would think the one who just committed (laughs) two days ago, it can apply to at in leave Summit. Uh, And I think that's also, this is all being done with the knowledge that this isn't going to last forever. At some point, whether it's Congress, whether it's the NCAA, whether it's the conferences, they're going to pass some kind of sweeping policy that's going to make every state, uh, you know, have to uh, follow the same rules. But until then... Missouri's going to do what Missouri has gotten done uh, with its with its law, with its state lawmakers, and Mizzou especially is going to try to take advantage of it, just like every other state school in the college camp and in the state camp.
0: Is there any documentation? Would we ever see a spreadsheet from a Mizzou or a St. Louis U. that says, "Okay, uh, the running back made 20 grand last year, the quarterback made 100 grand, the." Goalkeeper and the women's team made ten thousand. Like, I just—do we have any sense even of the money coming? In? Is the backup left tackle getting five grand to turn on some automatic sprinklers somewhere? <laughs> do we have any sense of the money that is changing hands?
1: Well, the, uh, the law does not actually protect the schools and the athletes from having to disclose anything, even with you know like a sunshine law request. Um, so, the law does not allow that to be really transparent. Um, which I think is, that's one of the complaints of NIL. And if you look at some of the federal pieces of legislation that Congress is trying to introduce, which I cannot imagine they will ever get passed. I mean, if you put in your face faith, faith in the federal government to fix this, I think it's a losing cause. But there are some pieces of legislation that want to create like a national database so that we can see what the running back at Syracuse is making for this deal compared to the running back at Texas A&M. And I think the, the thought is, okay, well, at least that will cut down on some of these rumors. You know, I'm sure there's agents out there that are involved that are you know putting out some numbers out there that are inflated to just to help increase you know, the market for their own clients. I mean, that happens in every level of professional sports all the time. It, it, college sports is going to be no different. But until everybody has to do it, you know the athletes and the schools in missouri they're they're not going to do it so it is a lot of it's a lot of wink wink a lot of innuendos you hear a lot of numbers you know i i haven't reported on those because you just there's no way to really prove that they're accurate uh so it is that that's what is a real gray area in all of this
0: right now does the paper still have your roll out a prediction do you have to put into print your pick for this year that did you go game by game still
1: they haven't asked me yet, so I don't know. Um, did they do it I last year? Do, I I can't remember if we did. Uh, we usually do all the the people that have some say in in covering uh, Mizzou put together a record, and uh, we haven't we haven't yet this year. You know, I've been kind of in that seven and five ballpark. I do think this is a year that they've got the talent, they've got the schedule to have a winning regular season. I, I think they've got upside too. I mean, if this offense clicks, if getting a new play caller in there moving a few pieces around and especially getting that offensive line figured out, then, yeah, I think they can win some of those toss-up type games where maybe they've, you know, just haven't been able to finish in the past. But, um, you know, if if it doesn't work, if the offensive coordinator hired isn't what they needed, if they just don't go with the right guy, or quarterback, or they don't have the right guy, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of losable games out there, put it that way, too. So, it's going to be a, a pretty fascinating
0: season. Interesting theory thrown out by Brendan Wiese, our colleague with uh, KTRS Sports Director, who said, what if they get a Ryan Wingo to commit, so now you've got the five-star Waneri. What if they just keep killing it in recruiting for the class of 2024, but they do go 6-6, six and 6-7? Six, six and seven? Does that complicate the decision down there for Desiree Reed-Francois? I think it's an interesting debate, especially if you sign a guy like Wingo.
1: Well... Here's the thing also. If they don't have a very good season, let's say they have a losing season, are we really to believe that five-star recruits that can go anywhere are still going to come to Missouri? So I, I think there's, there's that because uh, they're, you know, they're not bound to anything that they say in September or August. Um, and I think another thing is if you're, if you're the administration, um, you have to decide for yourself if this coach, head coach, if this coaching staff are they capable of turning this thing around and getting them to be consistent winners with what they've done, with their what their track record says, with what the trajectory is? I just don't think you can base that on, hey, they're gonna have a good freshman defensive end in twenty twenty four though, and maybe a good freshman receiver. Like I think I think you you gotta make a, a macro decision and you can't just base it on, you know, a couple micro factors, especially with the transfer portal, because just because you sign a five star doesn't mean you're getting them for four years. It means you're gonna have them for one year for sure and then if things change whatever if their market you know expands if they don't have the great year they expected to have or they have a, a such a great year that all of a sudden you know Alabama or Georgia or whoever USC and the Big 10 wants to wants to bring them along um, you could lose them too so yeah i, I don't know I, I think with coaching hires and i think she takes a really deliberate focused look at those things she'll consider everything if there's a decision to make What she's hoping for is that they have a great season and that they continue this uptick, this trajectory with recruiting and nobody's talking about anybody's job security at the end of the season.
0: Dave, great to have you on the show. We'll hear you throughout the season on KTRS and looking forward to the coverage in the Post-Dispatch as well. Okay, thanks Martin. I've said this about Dave before. He's a true reporter. Doesn't really opine much. Doesn't tell you when he observes and reports. But doesn't get into any of the uh, nasty side of our business, which is to disparage players or coaches. Just gives you all the facts. Just kind of lays it out there. And uh, I appreciate that, especially in this era where a lot of stuff is slanted. I'm not even talking politics. Just, I love opinions, and there's a place for that. But Dave's job is to report what he sees, what he knows, and he's been doing a great job of that for a long time. Not bad for a U-high guy. The Kilquand Conversation, coming to you from the Pasta House Studios, around the corner, wherever you are, I guarantee you, there's a Pasta House near you. Marie DeVillette Senior Living, beautiful spot, beautiful campus in West County, corner of Clayton and Wideman Road, before you know it, man, this is scary, but we're getting a couple of months out from the Christmas tree lighting. Oh my God, I shouldn't have said that out loud. But it's one of the fun times of the year. They've got the biggest outdoor Christmas tree in all of West County. Part of the festive nature at Marie de Villa. Appliance discounters. Every single appliance you need is there at the lowest price. They check around town. They go to the big box stores. They do the price checking so you don't have to. That way you are guaranteed the lowest price in town. They put it right there on the price tag. The appliance discounters. Com. And Triad Bank, two locations, Clayton Road and Frontenac. Newest locations on Olive, just west of 270. On the web, triadbanking.com. So many St. Louis businesses are working with Triad Bank because they figured it out. Want to get things done in town? Work with the bank that is based right here in St. Louis. Next week, we'll have Mike Kelly, voice of the Tigers. Longtime voice of the Tigers. Heading into his 30th year. On the Tigers radio network, calling Missouri football, University at Columbia. Mike did basketball for a couple of years before he took over football, but this is year 30, doing Mizzou football. How about that? Tiger Mike on the show next week. You can always find all the segments, Spotify, iTunes, Scoops DannyMack.com, great website by Dan McLaughlin, daily content on there. And every Monday we put out a show called Great Talk, where Dan and I end up just doing imitations and making fun of stuff. They talk some sports as well. But if you've missed out on that, go back and find Great Talk. That's Great Talk with Martin and Dan. Every Monday at com. Check those out as well. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Martin Kilcoin. We'll talk to you again soon.